Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Robin, Re- Robin Report weekly podcast. And I want to thank uh, all of my colleagues and friends for actually the overwhelming positive responses uh, to this new work that we're doing. It certainly is a favorite part of my week. <laughs> and, I, and I thank all of you for listening and supporting uh, the Robin Report. And once again, um, our chief strategy officer and retail pundit, Shelly Cohan, uh, joins me in a conversation uh, about infinite growth and the grow or die mentality of the retail industry being unrealistic, and in my opinion, a path that leads to the edge of a cliff. Picture that. Anyway, the new, and by the way, largest consumer group, the next gens, uh, will and actually are dictating the need for retailers to change their old ways of grow, 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 like infinite growth, more and more stuff, and more and more stores to stuff it in, and online, of course. And how many times have you heard me talk about this? Anyway, and as we're about to embark on, on the new fiscal year starting in February for most retailers and leaving behind 2020, thank God, one of the most uh, challenging retail environments that we have seen. It's been unbelievable. And, you know, I can't help, uh, cannot help but uh, reflect on famed Joseph Schumpeter's economic theory. He was an economist, I don't know, 100,000 years ago. But his, his, his theory was about creative destruction, which, as you know, can be described as the dismantling of longstanding practices in order to make way for innovation. The theory of creative destruction uh, really assumes that the creation and innovation of new will destroy and replace the old. Thus, and this is an important one, maintaining an equilibrium of supply and demand. Well, sorry, Joseph, that uh, theory ain't working today. The the retail industry has has got to evolve in a different way. This idea of infinite growth is a failed strategy in the long term, growing for growth's sake. It will not survive in the new world. It just won't. These young people have a whole bunch of other ideas about how the world's going to work. Year over year, growth isn't feasible or sustainable. And I know that Wall Street pushes much of this sentiment, and I've written about that a lot. Quarter after quarter after quarter, businesses are pressed and pressured to increase the quote unquote numbers. What say you, Shelley? <laughs> well, I mean, certainly the supply chain disequilibrium was problematic even before the pandemic, which, you know, going through 2020 has only worsened. The U.S. is overstored and has been overproducing Um, And the only thing that's going to put an end to this insatiable need for year-over-year growth is a drastic shift in consumerism, which will be brought on by digital natives and was accelerated by the pandemic. I mean, seriously, retail per square foot per capita or retail space per capita 
in the U.S. is 23.5, you know, followed by Canada, which is 16.8. And then if you reference China, they're at, you know, 4.2. So the call to action. Wow. Is Shelley, let me interrupt there, because when I was writing a, my co-author book, The New Rules of Retail, the, the, the uh, square foot per capita was 24.5. So it's only dropped like 1% is what you're saying. Incredible. Right. So Incredible. Th these are 2018 numbers. I don't mm. know what numbers. Um, yeah. So it's only dropped, you know, a minor amount. So I, I think the call to action is really this movement towards a circular economy. You know, all the environmental changes that retailers and brands are putting forth a lot of effort in, and of course, sustainable fashion. This idea of overconsumption has changed, and today's consumer is saying, I've had enough. Yeah, incredible. It's interesting when you think about it. <laughs> there is a bell curve for everything on this planet. <laughs> you are born, you grow, you mature, and you die. And it certainly applies to the industry in terms of a pattern of, you know, downtrending here, uptrending, then downtrending again. You know, this all kind of begs the question, if inf infinite growth is even possible. Many aspects of the industry are based on the bell curve, the fashion cycle, uh, the product life cycle, and on and on and on. So the new mantra should not be infinite growth forever or die, Nothing is infinite. It should be reinvent or get behind. I remember when I uh, worked at the VF Corporation in the year, early, during the 80s, actually, on strategy development. <clears throat> the shift in mindset was to create the strategy and way forward based on the consumer. I mean, this wasn't just talk to talk. This was walk to walk at VF Corporation everything in the consumer and their behavior and VF's commitment to exceed their expectations. That was our mission. I mean, this philosophy uh, really drove a decentralized structure and a portfolio of brands that allowed for a business model that had, oh, there's that great word, agility, agility to flex to the needs of the consumers in real time. Uh, this mentality actually accelerated the direct to consumer process and allowed the company, and they're doing a great job, it also allowed the company to foster uh, individual branding across various product segments. I just wrote an article in the Robin Report uh, about VF Corporation, which by the way, is the largest apparel company in the world with around 11 billion in revenues across 13 major brands. Steve Rendell said in uh, WWD, he said how VF is built for this pandemic moment. So anyway. Actually, yeah. Robin, that was one of my favorite articles that uh, you wrote uh, this year. And uh, I think certainly the VF company tagline sums it up, purpose-led, performance-driven. You know, companies that are centered on strategies that really stem from the heart of the consumer will certainly end up ahead. 
The future of consumerism is not overconsumption and mass production is out. So a colleague of mine at Fashion Institute of Technology, Professor Gross, talks about this idea that a six or nine month plan that doesn't account for current trend behaviors to maximize what is actually happening with the consumer is an outdated model. We need to move away from these stagnant merchandise plans towards, you know, quote unquote, working plans, which optimize what is actually working real time. So today's artificial intelligent technology uh, software can be integrated to the merchandise plans to help with a more granular planning and allocation model based on real-time demand. Another consideration is the fact that the U.S. market is over-assorted with product choices, which quite frankly, really has had a daunting and overwhelming effect on consumers. Oh yeah, and, and it reminds me of that book, um, The Paradox of Choice. Have, if you have too much to choose from, it, it drives you crazy. Yeah, the mindset has got to change. A new business model needs to be in play and, and, and one that has the flexibility to respond to the markets at a much quicker uh, pace. It's gonna be evolving new products, uh, reinventing the distribution, re-engineering products to better meet consumer needs. And technology today enables a never ending capability to do just that, to reinvent. When you think about it, I mean, the entire value chain is transparent from all the way from creation to consumption and it can be adjusted, it can be changed, it can be accelerated and on and on and on in real time. This is what we got, we have to become. So, I mean, you look at the rapidly growing number of uh, niche players, for example, and this is interesting too, each, each new one of those is stealing a share of consumers away from the big guys, the big players. Many of them like old battleships, <laughs> blind to the number of little speedboats circling around them. Then, you know, when they see what's happening finally, they, they do start the awesome and I might add slow moving task of turning that huge ship around, AKA reinventing themselves. And many of them, as we're seeing today, sadly, to stick with the metaphor, there many of them are like the Titanic and they're just not gonna make it. Yes, um, and even, you know, even some of the big players who are rethinking how to become more niche and nimbler. You know, Robin, I have written a lot about LVMH and their business. Yep which has, has, you know, LVMH has 70 brands across six business segments. Um, but LVMH is preemptive in their business strategy and they're ahead of the competition through unwavering branding and creative innovations across the various business segments. The key differentiator is executing both precision and preemptive behavior consistently over time. To stay ahead of the competition, each individual LVMH brand operates with preemptive behavior that drives margin, profit, and loyalty. Brands are making their own decisions based on market conditions, and there's a clear laser focus on brand strategy with each brand's core customer. 
who is at the center of every decision. And for LVMH, the diversity of the business is what has kept the earnings on a steady climb. As you know, Robin, a diversified business model settled, centered on the consumer allows for extreme flexibility and the agility to change the course to better mirror the ebb and flow of these environmental factors. Yeah, you know, um, I actually coined, I guess I can take credit for this, the, the phrase preemptive distribution in my co-authored book, The New Rules of Retail, and explained it in, in detail. And simply, you know, give you the short version. Simply, when, when we, you have a totally oversaturated marketplace like ours, where consumers have unlimited and instantaneous access to hundreds of equally compelling products to win a consumer requires preemptive distribution. You got to get to the, that precise consumer when, where, and how they want it, and perpetually over and over again, ahead of the hundreds of equally compelling competitors, right? As I use this metaphor, the, the famed hockey player, Wayne Gretzky <laughs> said, when asked what made him so great, he said, I go to where the puck will be. And I would say the metaphor there is that the puck is a consumer, right? And he gets there before his competitors, preemptive distribution. Anyway. I, love, I love that metaphor, Robin. It's you know one of my favorites uh, that you used in your book. You know, a diversified business model centered on the consumer and armed with technology provides extreme flexibility and the agility to change the course to better mirror the ebb and flow of environmental forces, really just to reinvent. So innovation, a Kazen approach to business process, you know, staying in touch or better yet, staying ahead of consumers puts brands in a position for long-term stability. This constant focus on revenue growth is a recipe for disaster. More profitable business models, deeper brand loyalty are going to be more sustainable over time. Amen on that, Shelley. <laughs> the industry needs to move away from this idea of perpetual growth. The brands that are not changing their mindset are on a treadmill going faster and faster and they can't get off a bit. Oh, I might say <laughs> that is, think about this, until your children and your grandchildren force you off because they do not buy into this overconsumption model. Got to change. Wow. A powerful ending to a provocative thought, Robin. As always, it's great to talk shop with you. Uh, for our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and of course, therobinreport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in with us, and follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And of course, you'll find more of our provocative insights on the Robin, robinreport.com. That, that's therobinreport.com. And once again, Thank you so much, all of you, for tuning in and get back with us next week. We'll have another great conversation about something. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Bye.